Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host Sara Davison shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today, my guest is Jude Sanville, best known as the Divorced Dadvocate. Jude is a divorced single father of three children whose divorce and the subsequent years are a case study in facing and overcoming the most difficult challenges in learning to thrive after the divorce, including the court process, parenting skills, co-parenting, dating with kids, and so much more. So I am super excited to welcome Jude Sanville to the show. Welcome, Jude. Thanks, Sarah. Sarah, we just went through this and I got it wrong. Oh my gosh. Okay, <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. Sarah, Sarah. Sorry. You know, with the American accent, a lot of people call me Sarah and Zara. I don't mind. Hey, if I got worried about that, I'd spend a lot of my life upset. But anyway. Yes. Great to have you. I know I was recently on your podcast, so it's a real honor to have you back on my show. Um, so tell us a little bit about what inspired you to become the divorce dad advocate. What inspired me? Well, I have had the pretty much a case study in overcoming the most cra- crazy divorce and post-divorce life. So, and it's continue, it's ongoing, right? So I was, I was thinking to myself, what can I do with like all this time and effort and money that I'm spending through this process? And I began working with uh, men and coaching men, mostly around masculine development. And then it just struck me one day and I said, I need to be working with other dads because I'm a dad, a divorced single father of three daughters who are 15, 13, and 11. And this has been just a really good, and I should, and I probably will write a book someday about this whole process. But what can I do right now to utilize all of this information and experience? And so I niched down to helping dads create a healthy and less traumatic divorce, and thus was created the Divorced Dadvocate community where we have dads from all across the, the world that connect and talk. And, and that was probably the, like the biggest thing for me, Sarah, was I didn't, I didn't think outside of the United States or really like Western developed countries about divorce, but literally this is happening all across the world that I have people from countries tuning into my podcast. It's over 60, 60 countries and 1500 cities and places that I would just never in a million years imagine were like dealing with being divorced or divorcing dads. Absolutely. I mean, I, I know my podcast, sometimes I'm amazed. I think I was number one in Mozambique for a couple of weeks not recently. Right. And it's like, wow, <laughs> this is amazing. Um, I mean, it's interesting that you specialize in dads because, you know, is it true in your opinion that men deal with these sort of breakups and divorce differently to us women? General, if you're going to generalize, would you say that they do? 
Absolutely. You've heard about the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, et cetera. Men and women have uh, different mindsets, different energies, and that's a, that's a good thing, right? And, and so when we're experiencing divorce, and, and particularly because most, uh, most men are the ones that are served with divorce, at least um, the statistics here in the United States, 70 plus percent uh, of, of women file for divorce. So that's, uh, that kind of changes the dynamic in how you go through the process. And no matter what the behavior was prior to a filing, it could have been terrible, egregious behavior. It becomes somewhat of a surprise off to many men. And even if it isn't a surprise and you're one that files, men in their masculine nature like to really have like a, like, like a linear process, like to have a vision and direction, have a, a specific goal to work towards. And when you're going through divorce, as, as you know, as we talk with our clients and everybody who's gone through it has experienced or who has had a friend that's experienced, it is a very chaotic and unsettling and unsure time. And so while that's the same for men and women, for men, it's particularly challenging. And then for dads, it's a very big challenge because then there's a whole different dynamic that comes into it with parenting and there can be dynamics if you're the primary breadwinner and then all of a sudden you're working uh, some of the time and then having to take care of the kids some of the time and go with a 50-50. That's a, there's a whole learning curve to, to that as well. So there are just a multitude of different dynamics and challenges that go into it, particularly with divorced or divorcing dads. Yeah. I mean, often, you know, it's said that men find it harder to open up about their emotions or even to ask for help. Have you found this is the case when you're coaching men? I feel like that is the biggest misconception out there is that it's easy for men. So you you hit it on the head, right? That it's that it's difficult and that it's challenging for men. The misconception I feel that's out there that it's really easy for men to go through breakups or to go through a, a divorce because it is absolutely not. I find that particularly with the men that I do work with, and obviously the men that, that come and, and do work with you or with me are really looking to try to understand and move forward in creating a better life not only for themselves, but for my clientele, for their children and their families moving forward. So they might be a little self-aware, but it is as impactful on men as it is on, on, on women. And I feel like the, and we talked about this on my show uh, a little bit, that it's becoming more acceptable for men to be able to open up and talk about their feelings. This stoic philosophy, which I grew up with, which was don't cry, be a you know, man up, etc., is is really starting to, to lose its luster, if you will. And it's being replaced with men who all are able to lead and, and to embrace their masculine nature. But part of that, and a big part of that is being in touch with how you feel, whether that feeling is sadness, or anger, or whatever it might be, their feelings that we all have, we all have feelings. So I feel like that's a that's a positive change. It's still still in the process, and and the more people that are out there like you and I that are working with men like that, and the the more people that are out there like your, our listeners that are saying, hey, this is a good thing. How do I promote this, and how do I uh, create an environment that's conducive to this to for our little boys 
for our little girls to know and understand that it's okay. Like I try to do with my, with, with my daughters and explaining uh, the process with them that it's going to just get better and, and better. So I, that's the long answer to yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and I think it's fascinating because you know often we don't re really think about the impact on dads maybe for the fact that you know obviously some of them will be working as mums as well but but then maybe they haven't been as used to doing the being the primary carer for the kids um, because they would go to work maybe even both of them were working but when they came home you know that mother role may have meant that they would do the, the wife was doing more for the kids and they would come in and do their role which again is very important but you know having that full responsibility when it's 50 50 say or it's your weekend or it's holiday season and you're off taking the kids abroad maybe or you know traveling to see relatives on your own it's a very different dynamic if all if you've only ever been used to kids in a family unit do you see that as one of the challenges that dads are facing Absolutely. I see that as one of the biggest challenges. And, and that simply comes down to skills, right? So learning some of those skills of how to, to realign. And we do, a, we do a periodic thing called practical advice. And we talk uh, about things as simple as how to meal plan for the week. But I'll, I'll say the, the biggest thing that I see with a lot of the dads that, that come to me is that loss of an ideal family. So Men have this, uh, many men have this innate desire and, and wish to have a family and, 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 and want to create a, and, and this, you'll know, create a family life and a dynamic and environment. This kind of goes back to that masculine nature that I was speaking with earlier. And, and once that has, you know, just blown up through divorce, many men, and this was the case for me as well really struggle with losing that that family dynamic and that might be the ideal that they're uh they're uh, a husband or that they're uh they're a father or that they're a provider or uh that they have the family unit or they have uh this ideal family that they've created or the, it could be the country club membership or or any any of what all of this entails of being uh, a family man if you will. And when that goes away, many men struggle. And I struggled really hard with that and had a lot of guilt and shame around the fact that that wasn't, uh, that wasn't the case anymore. And the key to it, and I want to just give uh, just a, a little bit of information, is being able to grieve that process uh, and grieve those different components of what you may be losing and not necessarily losing, but just not having it be the idea or ideal that, that you had or that you were used to. And that's not just grieving one thing, which might be the breakup uh, of, of, of your relationship with your wife or your soon to be uh, ex-wife, but that could be grieving more than one thing. For, for me, it was grieving not being around my my daughters 100% of the time, I never intended. So it was really incredibly hard 50% of the time not to be around that. So I had to go through a whole grieving process and it was just ongoing grieving. And I didn't figure this out. Then I'm a pretty slow learner though, Sarah. So, but I didn't figure this out for a long time. It's not, it's not a one-time thing grieving in, in this process. It, it's ongoing. Like something else might come up and stuff like nine years down the road still comes up 
for me. So, and that's not to say it doesn't, life doesn't get better because it, it can definitely get, get better, but it's just to say that it's an ongoing process of dealing with these emotions and these feelings, because you just don't know what might trigger them and have them come up. So, so my, so my key is that if it's uncomfortable and you're having these feelings, don't ignore them. Right. So if it's uncomfortable, you should probably be paying attention to it because it's uh, your body's a receptor and it's telling you, oh, like, here's something you should pay attention to. And if you don't, I'm probably going to make you sick or you're going to get an accident or you're going to be not sleeping well or whatever it is that until you're going to pay attention to what's coming up. Yeah, I mean, life does have a funny way of, of bringing the same things up and up and up over and over again until we take you know, take heed and say, right, I'm going to do something about it. And I, <laughs> right. I think it's interesting you were saying that you work with dads to sort of create meal plans. And I mean, I think that must be a skill set, you know, just multitasking, juggling, thinking about the washing, the food, the school runs, getting to work on time, you know, packing up the school bags, you know, all the things, you know, packing for the holidays. You know, when all that responsibility is just on you, I think it can be can be very stressful so what are your tips then if you are thinking yeah I'm in this situation you I, I am you know I am being sort of told my, my instinct to say look this isn't right I'm grieving or I'm upset still what can people do so the first thing that I typically will suggest is that you need to be taking care of yourself before you can take care of anybody else it's the old adage you put the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on somebody else in the airplane, if there's an emergency. So you need to step back and really make sure that you're, you're taking care of yourself. And again, this is something that, that I didn't do off the bat, right? I was just going to be super dad and taking care of everything. And it wasn't taking care of my health. I wasn't getting to sleep. I wasn't eating right. I wasn't doing all this stuff. So everything that everything that I talk about, I'm like, didn't come up with and are brilliant or figured it out. I like did it the hard way. So that's why I say it's a case study in like the most difficult and challenging way, mostly because I made it that way. Right. So take care of yourself, make sure that you have a very good self-care regimen. And so if that means getting a therapist or a coach like you or I to just help you kind of sort through this. If you have the means to do that, that would probably be the first thing to do because it is, there are so many components and things that go on through this process. And just after this process for the subsequent years that if you have somebody that's a professional that can really help you sort through this, it is going to be immensely, immensely helpful. It's one of the, again, another thing that I didn't do that I wish that I had done. Um, but even if you don't have the resources to do that, get involved with a community like the divorced advocate community, or if there's a, a church community that has a divorce outreach or a 12 step community, if you find out like I did that I was massively codependent and I needed to do the work there, it's all places where you're going to start to help you learn to heal and to grow. So, and, and don't isolate, right? Don't isolate, get involved uh, if, and, and you know, try to, to do something around that and then create that environment. Make sure that you're taking care of your 
your health, that you're getting enough sleep, that you're eating right, that you're exercising. Um, I, I use the four pillars, right? We have uh, mental, emotional, physical, and, and spiritual. It's like a stool. And if any one of those four legs of the stool are off, you're going to be off balance. So if you can try to keep that as a solid foundation, then you'd be able to balance the rest of everything else, the, the kids and the divorce and the divorce process or post-divorce and work and everything else. If you have that solid uh, foundation uh, below you. So that would be, that would be the first thing. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice. I think, you know, when you're going through tough times, quite often we have unconscious coping strategies where we sort of lean, maybe we used to having a glass of wine with dinner, but maybe we'll have three or four now, or yeah. it might be that you're partying more, or, you know, it, it, I mean, some things can even appear healthier. Like I have a client who gets up super early now to go to the gym and then goes to the gym before he goes home because he just doesn't want to go home to an empty house. So he's yeah. super fit, but you know, he still is just what I call stuffing down those emotions. So he's not actually processing this. So is this what you see as well? Are you struggling to cope with your breakup or divorce? Are you feeling devastated, heartbroken, sad and anxious? If so, please know that you are not alone and there is help available. Sarah Davison, best known as the Divorce Coach, and her team of accredited coaches are here to offer you the support and guidance you need to navigate all areas of your breakup, take back your control, and start feeling happy again. Sarah will show you how to dial down those controlling negative emotions, unhook from your ex, get back in the driving seat of your life, and design a future you are excited to live. Sarah has a range of solutions to support any breakup, including free guides, one-to-one -one coaching, her Heartbreak to Happiness virtual retreats, live retreats, and you can even train to be a breakup and divorce coach with Sarah too. Visit www.saradavison.com today and start to feel happy again. But, you know, he still is just what I call stuffing down those emotions. So he's not actually processing this. So is this what you see as well? Yes. And if you were me, you did all of those things at once. <laughs> and tried every one of them until, like you said, life has a way of just, you know, if you looked at my wall, it just has all of my, my head marks from beating it against the wall all the time until I said, huh, wow, maybe I just need to pay attention to all this stuff. Cause there's one common denominator and it's me. So um, yeah, it's, it's absolutely true. And, and there's a, a class that I teach. And one of the first things that we, uh, we talk about are these, uh, these adaptive behaviors that, that we, uh, that we carry into our adult life from from our childhood that uh, we just keep going on and on with. And, and so some of those things might be what you just described over 
over exercising or over focus on health and, and body image, or it could be drinking, or uh, or it could be it could be a myriad of things. Our society, unfortunately, is designed to allow us to be distracted from the moment we wake up to the time we go to bed. There's no limit on the distractions or the, the ways that we can numb ourselves. But again, if it's uncomfortable and you're looking for that and you can identify that, then that's a great place to stop and say, okay, what is the feeling behind this? And then if you're working with somebody or if you're not, journal about it, talk about it, call a friend. Um, maybe it's just simply having the emotion come out and, and spending five minutes and crying curled up in your bed, right? That's okay too, because it's yeah. doing something that's allowing you to, to process and move forward. And sometimes maybe that's the first step is just allowing the feeling and allowing the emotion instead of going to the gym or having that other glass of wine or going out and partying or filling up all of your time and, and space. And then, and then I can say, once you get down, down the road, uh, a little ways and you start to, to implement some of these strategies for allowing this stuff to come up, you'll, you'll start to create the time to allow it to come up. Like you'll start journaling because you, you'll see what a positive thing. And I will say to that, and this might sound crazy to those who are going through a divorce right now is it's an excellent opportunity. This is a huge opportunity for you not only to develop yourself, but to, to be a model for your children in how to go through something that is incredibly difficult and challenging. I think people rate this as one of the top three most challenging things to do in life, to get through in life is, is divorce. And if you can really take that time and work through it in a positive and healthy manner, wow, what an amazing way to model for your children. We know life is challenging. Your children are going to have challenges too, to be able to see you going through that. So it is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for a life 2.0 on, on the back end. It's an opportunity for, to, to help your children learn something that they otherwise wouldn't be able to, or wouldn't, or you wouldn't be able to design. So there's lots of opportunity in it. If we can kind of reframe the difficulties and the challenges and all the stuff that's going on in our heads. Uh, such good advice. I do really agree with you on that, that, you know, this is a, a valuable life lesson potentially for your kids and they're going to look back and as they get older and they get their heart broken, they will really start to appreciate then just how well you coped. If you were the one saying, you know, this is what's going on for me. I'm not running away from it. Yes, there's going to be tough times because again, we don't want to teach them to stuff their emotions down and say, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. When when you're not, it's about acknowledging it and facing it. But, you know, also going on to be able to redesign a life that you're truly happy with and that not being the end just because it didn't work out for you or as you wanted it to work out maybe. So yeah, I think really valuable um, insights there. Thanks, Jude. Going on from the kids thing, you know, dating again with kids is different to maybe, you know, dating when you were young, you didn't have kids. You know, there could be quite a few obstacles when you're dating with kids. Do you see this with your clients and what do you advise them in those scenarios? Yes. Well, just dating now, again, things have changed so much and they're so different, but then you throw in the mix of you have kids and then you might be going through these changes in your 
parenting as a single parent and it's like oh my gosh what this is a little bit it was a, a lot easier without kids and 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 you know you could just kind of do what you want and, and not worry but now you have all of this other other stuff so I would say the, the, the number one thing is take the time like we've been talking about here is just take the time to, to learn and understand about yourself. So it is an opportunity, but it's an opportunity also to go back and, and learn about yourself, maybe things because there's a reason the marriage didn't work and it takes two to be successful and to be unsuccessful. So there's stuff and there's dynamics that were probably unhealthy that you contributed it to the you know the relationship that would be beneficial for you to learn about and understand prior to getting back into another relationship some people say well wait a year some people have this have this uh formula three months for every year or whatever else i i don't know it just depends on how willing you are to put in the effort to really do the self uh examination and to tr if you're in therapy or if you're doing the, the work on your own, or if you're going through steps or whatever it is to get yourself whole and healthy again, but really take that time, whatever it is, before you get involved. And again, I didn't do this. And I can tell you that it is <laughs> very wise, if you will. And that's why I have a, an immense amount of respect for everybody who's listening to this this podcast and our podcast and who come to you and come to me before they start this process, right. Of, of, of dating again, uh, because it is really, really important because you're going to take those adaptive behaviors that you learn in your childhood and your early adult life. And you're just going to repeat them like I did. And it went over and the next relationship failed and the next one failed. And then finally I said, Oh, there's that one common denominator and that's me until I stopped and spent many years then trying to, 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 to figure it out. So that would, that would be the first thing is to really, really get yourself together. Not to mention then you have kids and learning and understanding how to go through that for the dads. It is a big learning curve and getting used to creating that environment and picking up and dropping off and making dinner and working and juggling all that stuff and laundry and bills. And, 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 it, and that's the same for, for women, everybody. Single parenting is incredibly challenging. There is no doubt. I'm a firm believer that we're not meant to be single parenting, that we're meant to be parenting with somebody else. That's why it's designed that way. But if we're going to do it, it is incredibly challenging. So it takes an immense amount of focus and effort. So take that time, really maybe go through the seasons and the holidays to deal with all that stuff. And that's not to mention all this, your stuff that's coming up, your emotions, your feelings. So you throw a relationship into the mix of that and wow, it can just be really difficult and, and challenging. So once that, you know, once you can get through that and, and really feel like you're in a place and start to start to dip your toe into, into the pool, if you will, a, a little bit, but but do it in a, in a way that's comfortable for you and be transparent with that. And I think you will find that there are a ton of other people, male and female, that if you're transparent about, hey, I'm just really getting back into this and I'm just sensitive about it. And I just, I really want to just date a little bit and see what that's like to be with a man or a woman again and just spending time it's going to be a relief 
for, you're going to find so many other people that are relieved to be like, oh yeah, that's how I feel too. But I was so worried and I don't want expectations or I do have expectations. And then, and then if that progresses, or if you get to the point where, well, I'm, I'm looking for something that's more serious, that's a long-term uh, committed relationship, or I'm looking to get married again and I want to have that. And I want to recreate a, uh, you know, not recreate, well, create a new family or recreate it. You're hopefully not recreating your last one because it didn't work, right? <laughs> um, creating a new family and, and merging families, then you know over that, but be transparent with that. And that, I, I think that's the biggest challenge I have found is in dating again after marriage is that people, and I, and I wasn't in the beginning always either transparent with where you're at, what you're going through and, and what you're looking for. It's mostly because I had spent the time to figure it out. And, and I see that with a lot of, uh, with a lot of others that, uh, that I come in contact with too, that, that they're not in once you kind of let down those barriers, you are transparent and are vulnerable. It makes it a lot easier for everybody because we're all going through something. We're all going through something. So the person on the other side is going to be going through their own stuff as well. We could talk about this for hours and hours and hours, Sarah. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, there's just dating is such a huge topic and you know, it's great fun and it can help you get your confidence back. And it's definitely something that you, I believe you should give it a go. You know, I mean, these days with dating apps, you know, you can do it from your sofa. You don't have to go out necessarily just to <laughs> yeah. get the likes and start realizing that there are, you know, other fish in, out there, you know, there's other fish in the sea. It also can help you to disentangle from your ex, right? As you start to realize sure. that they're not the main person in your life anymore there, there are other opportunities potentially have you seen dating rebuild people's confidence as well Jude absolutely yes and what you just described is a fantastic mindset it can be a lot of fun but you got to be in that mindset you got to have that frame of mind because I see others that are just oh this is so exhausting and this is terrible and there's just no good men or women out there and blah 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 but that just tells me that you're not ready and that you're not in the right frame of mind. You haven't done the work that you need to be doing to, to, to be out there because it, it can be just so much fun wherever you're at because you're meeting other people. And like I said, if you're, if you're, if you're transparent, if you're vulnerable to some extent about where you're at, then you can agree to, to, to be able to have that fun in whatever form that, that, that may be and whatever context that may be in, in moving forward. And, and so that, you know, that it all circles back to just knowing what you want and having your understanding of, of who you are going forward, because then you can be really confident in, in that saying, well, you know what, we're probably not a match it was great to meet you and, you know, part your ways and not feel bad about that for the other person or yourself. And just know that, Hey, this was great. It was fun. We may have had a, a good time or saw a nice show or had a good drink or coffee or whatever. And it was enjoyable. And I still enjoyed your time, but you know, I know what I want and we're just not in, you know, the same place or we're not congruent or, life or whatever you don't even have to get into those details but you just feel good about being able to to do that and on your note about though like if being convenient 
it is very convenient. And that's a good and a bad thing, right? These days, sometimes it's a little too convenient. You just sit on your couch and you don't have to put that effort out there. And I, I think I'll make that point too, because both sides, there is a lack of effort in dating from both ends of the spectrum, which is a terrible thing. And I think it's partly because of this ease of access to potential dates and, and mates that, that we have now with online dating. Whereas, I don't know, I, I'm going to age myself a little bit here, but when we had to actually go out, approach people, talk to them face-to-face, have that conversation, whether it's good or oftentimes uncomfortable, that was a lot more effort just to get to that, to that date or, or on a date with somebody. And now it's just like, oh yeah, okay, you know, scroll through the, the millions and maybe you'll have a date for, for Friday night. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I mean, I'm a big fan of the dating apps, purely because it gets you out of your comfort zone. It, I mean, yes, of course, there's a lot of freaks and weirdos out there and married people and people who aren't who they say they are. And obviously that's, you know, all part of this and you've got to go in with your eyes wide open. I do think it's a, you know, it's a great way to start dipping your toe in the water, as you said before, and just building up that confidence. And I think you're right. You've got to know what you want, but also what you need, not just, you know, tall, dark, handsome, but also, you know, maybe open about their emotions or honest or, you know, kind or generous, whatever it is that maybe didn't work. Those lessons you were talking about earlier that you've learned, we've got to bank those and make sure we're highlighting that we're focusing and finding those traits in our next potential partner. Um, because that's obviously going to prevent you from getting your heart broken, you know, if, if you're looking for the right traits that you really need and you know that it's going to make your relationship successful moving forward. So right. as far as that's you can be protected. That, that's interesting because I'm not a big fan of the dating apps and I do use them. And, but it's, but in, and, and maybe this is another show, Sarah, maybe this is something we talk <laughs> maybe, about in some specific maybe. detail, because I'm very, I'm very curious. And I'm very curious if it's, um, if it's a difference between men and women or masculine and feminine in, in how to utilize the apps and whether they're beneficial or, or not beneficial, because for, for men, I feel it's incredibly important for them to be making that, uh, that effort and an approach with women and being able to uh, to have the conversations and talk, be transparent, all the stuff that we were talking about and describing earlier in that courting process, even before a date. And that allows an opportunity for both parties to really sense one another. And I feel that the dating apps completely take that out of the equation. And so that, and that lends itself then to a lot of lazy dating. And again, it's on both sides, but for, for men in particular, who I feel need to be taking initiative, need to be leading, need to be, you know, the, the ones that are setting a tone within, uh, within the, the dating process, if you will, that, that's, uh, that the dating apps don't, uh, don't contribute positively to that. I'll just leave it at that. Oh, it's interesting. Interesting. Well, I mean, you know, everybody's different and everyone out there, you know, will or won't like them. But um, yeah, I'm sure there's very good arguments and, and pros and cons, obviously, to to all these things. Sure. Um, so, yeah, really interesting. Always good to have a difference of opinion on these things, just uh, liven it up a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, it's always fascinating to talk to you, Jude, and you shared so much interesting and helpful information today. So thank you for that. Where can my listeners go to find you? Sorry, they can go to the divorcedadvocate.com. That's the website and it houses 
everything from our podcast to the blog to the divorce quiz. And I'd welcome anybody to try the divorce quiz. It is a fantastic tool to kind of gauge where you're at during or post-divorce compared to others who have gone through the divorce process. And it'll immediately spit out some results to you that will allow you to kind of gauge kind of where you're at in what you and I have been talking about, that, that mental and emotional place in the, in the process. Uh, if you don't want to go to the website, the divorcequiz.com takes you directly to the quiz. Uh, as well. And also like this podcast, comments, uh, share with everybody. The more we get, uh, get this information out to more people from your community uh, across the pond, my, my, my community and the divorce advocate uh, here, the, the better and more people we're going to help. So share it far and wide. Absolutely. And one last question for you, Jude, that I ask all my guests. My podcast is called Heartbreak to Happiness. And I think it's really important to know what happiness is for you, even if you're going through these tough times that we've been talking about. So what is happiness for you, Jude? Man, that is a very big question for a last question. So how much time do we still have left? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I got to say, all right, I'm just going to give a specific example. Happiness for me is cooking dinner with my three daughters, like we did last night, making sausage and peppers and sitting down and enjoying that and talking about our day and our week and our plans for the weekend and all the fun, exciting stuff that we've got going on in life. So that is an example of happiness for me. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Judith. And as always, you have been a fabulous guest. Sarah, it's been my pleasure. That's it for today's episode. Be sure to head on over to thedivorcedadvocate.com to do your divorce quiz and find out more about how you can connect with Jude. And I look forward to you joining me on my next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to one of Sara's virtual retreats. The retreats are a transformative combination of live webinars with Sarah herself, coupled with empowering online video programs designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com, where you can also get a copy of Sarah's free gift. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness.